Yo, 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 this your boy Chris J. Listen to another episode of Threes from the Ring Podcast, episode 66. Got my boy Trust Sav on here. Oh, he still muted himself. He ain't ready yet as he thought. But we got a special guest. No, I'm ready. Guest. Oh, see? My bad. What's popping? There we go. But we got a special guest on here. We have uh, homie Ebony on here. You can go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Yes. Hi. I'm Ebony from the south side of Chicago. And I am very excited to be the first female guest on this podcast. Yes. That is a big, 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 big big fact right there uh so each of my guests i like to have a nice little icebreaker and all of that and since you're pretty much going to be mainly here for the basketball portion of the podcast uh uh i would like you to name your three favorite uh nba players basketball players of all time okay of all time kobe bryant number one the last two are in no specific order. I'm going to go Tracy McGrady and probably Shaq. Okay, respect that. Respect that. That's a decent list. Most people normally don't put T-Mac in their list. So. Got to. Got to. So your favorite era got to be the the – the era with like Iverson, Shaq, T Mac, mm-hmm. and Kobe, and all them. That was yeah. a nasty era. <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely was. That's the era I grew up on. But before we get into deep into the show, uh, like we do every episode, we gotta do a fun fact of of NBA player that wore insert whatever number. The episode's uh, title is since it's episode sixty six, and sixty six is a very meaningful number to me. Why? That was my number when I played football in high school, so big number right there. Uh, but uh, Andrew Bogut wore 66 when he played for the Lakers in 2018. I don't remember him on the Lakers that year. Uh, Ebony, you do? Because I know you're a big Lakers fan, so. It, was, it, it wasn't a great year. <laughs> okay, yeah, see, exactly. It wasn't a great year, but he was there. Um, and Scott Pollard. It wore 66 with the Celtics in, 80, in 08. So, trash mugs at that point in their careers. So, let's go ahead, start the episode, but uh, start the uh, show off right. So, Ebony, I brought you on here because you're one of the biggest Kobe fans I know. Um, like, always, since I always see you very vocal about Kobe, even, like, on Facebook, X, Y, and Z. So, since this is, like, we're two weeks past his passing, unfortunately. Uh, I would like you to just go ahead and give your thoughts on the everything Kobe and all of that. So I'll let you have the floor right here. Okay, yeah, no problem. Um, so I think it would be beneficial to actually explain how I became a Kobe fan. Of course. Um, my mother um, was a huge Magic Johnson fan. Um, so she was always a huge Laker fan. So um, when I was... Very young growing up, she always was watching the Lakers games and had her purple and gold on. So we just kind of continued as Laker fans, um, and then Kobe just so happened to get drafted. So that's how I originally became a Kobe fan. It was it was because of my mother. Um, Kobe, um, I could definitely say, ended up becoming a part of my identity and really has shaped the woman I have become um, all throughout high school. Um, my nickname was Lady Laker. Um, I 
was traveling to the games. I went to the games in Chicago. I've been to um, Milwaukee. I went to the game in Minnesota when he passed Mike on the all-time scoring list. Mm. Um, I was at his last game here, and then I was at his retirement ceremony um, in December of 2017. Um, oh, wow. So he, I mean, his... His everything, you know, was, was just very important to me. His hustle. I mean, I played basketball in high school for a couple of years, elementary school as well. But when you're able to take what he calls the Mamba mentality and use it outside of the basketball court, outside of playing sports, and you're able to apply it to your everyday life. So that's hustling, you know, making sure you always have a job, making sure that you do this, that, and the third, and always keeping that mentality that I'm going I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it well, and I'm going to exceed expectations. So, I mean, outside of just loving his hustle on the basketball court, always wanting to be the best, first in the gym, last out the gym, you know, you're able to apply some of that mama mentality outside of, of the sports world. Okay, respect. Respect that. So, like, you pretty much followed Kobe his whole career. So, like, what would be some of your favorite Kobe moments and all of that, like, you coming up? Oh, man, <laughs> there's so many. Uh, I distinctly remember um, when we were going for our three-peat. Um, I was young, um, and I just remember when we won when we won that series, it was a very difficult series um to to do with 3p nobody thought we were going to do it they were getting the comparisons to you know the 90s bulls and it was just a lot going on and i remember when we won that series not only were we like screaming and running around in the house we ran outside and there were laker fans we could hear like over the next couple of blocks like we could hear them outside celebrating so i mean that's a that's specifically the lakers and not kobe but that's just one of my best memories that i have of course, the 81-point game, his game winners. Um, one of my one of my favorites is even when um, uh, when I can't remember his name right now, but when he tried to throw the ball in Kobe's face uh, on oh, the yeah. sideline. Uh, Matt Barnes, yeah. It was Matt Barnes, yeah, Matt Barnes. That that was one of my favorite scenes just because it literally looked like a movie number one, and he literally had the face like like really like try me. <laughs> like there was no fear, there was no nothing in his eyes, and literally that's what the mama mentality is about. So, yeah, I mean those are those are just a couple. I can go on and on um, with some I wish for a little bit better. Like when he passed Mike on the scoring list, we wanted it to be an actual score, but it was a free throw. Kind of the same thing when he scored sixty in his last game. Oh, we yeah. all wanted to see him score, but he was shooting free throws. So yeah, you just uh, gotta take it where you can get it when it comes to those little I moments know, like right? that. So. <laughs> but because that's how I felt when LeBron passed Kobe was I'm like, man, it's about to be on that. Okay, man, whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I respect that. Like, like I, 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 we probably had arguments previously on Facebook, but like I wasn't Absolutely. the biggest Kobe fan coming up. So for me, like mainly because I was a Shaq fan and I didn't like how Kobe did Shaq towards the end of their little uh thing and all of that right so for me right. i was like no nah, man i'm not gonna rock with him but regardless i always had like that respect for the man like i was just probably the harshest critic but i still was present seeing him do what he had to do and regardless he did do one thing i needed him to do which was get paul pierce hit the hell up out of here one time even though he failed the first time <laughs> right he got paul pierce up out of here 
and he did what he had to do for me. So that was one of the few times I outright did root for the, uh, Kobe that one time before, like, all the later stuff and all of that. Because I really wouldn't say I started rooting for Kobe until, like, towards the end of his career when I just outright got over. Like, you know, I don't know why I'm about to sit there and keep hating on this man. At this point, he's falling right. apart. Let me respect the greatness that I did see and all of that. Right, so. right. And I think that's what made me kind of go even harder for, for Kobe and the Lakers. Like, when we had our up years, you would always see me in Lakers gear, talking mm-hmm. mess, walking up and down the hallways, talking mess. And then our down years when people are like, oh, I don't, I don't hear you talking. Oh, yes, you do, because we coming back. And we going to come back strong. And we did. <laughs> um, but one yeah. thing I did want to mention, too, like with that with that Shaq feud, there's just a lot of stuff that we didn't know until later down the line yeah, about why they were always into it. Like, it was one thing about Kobe wanting to win and wanting to continue to win. But, I mean, we didn't know a, a lot of the things about, like, Shaq's eating habits and how he didn't want to work out and how he just kept getting bigger and bigger, yeah, which he... <laughs> makes it more difficult for him to be successful. Even though he went after that and won a championship, he went with Wade in his prime. So, I mean, it's a lot of stuff we didn't know about then. But I definitely think everybody not liking Kobe made it a lot easier for me to continue to love him and love him even more. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's why I respect it a lot because you have to, to for you to just stick with a guy, be a fan of one player, even a team during like that those tough times and all of that. Because I was I was happy to see Kobe fail like through <laughs> after Shaq left. I was like, yeah, bro, continue struggle, make the playoffs. That's why you got Smush Parker on your team, Kwame Brown. Oh, I was I was oh. happy. And all of that, especially when uh, when uh, Shaq and Wade won uh, won that one year, I was like, yeah, I, I was definitely putting that to Kobe Stan's faces and stuff. So like, I had my are. moments. A lot of people were. Yeah, I lots of arguments on Facebook. I can tell you that. I distinctly remember lots of arguments with lots of people. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it happens to be that way sometimes. Like that's me when it comes to LeBron. I I will go to I will literally argue mugs. You know, I, I don't do it as often. I will argue mugs to death when it comes to LeBron. That's just me. Like mm-hmm. I would, it's That's just part passion. of being a fan. Yep, that passion. So it, I respect. It's crazy. It. Like I am. I, I still can't even believe I'm. I'm cheering for this man. Like I've spent my entire life like hating him, not wanting him to succeed, calling him. You know, I, I still call him Baby Bron Bron to this day. Um, <laughs> so it's just it's weird that you know I'm cheering for him, but then when Kobe came. To the Lakers fans and said, "Hey, you know, this is it. This is the next. This is the next move. Y'all need to accept it." I literally feel like I was like, "Okay," <laughs> and no just choice. I feel like I just let what seventeen, sixteen, seventeen years of hate just okay. Kobe said, "Do it," so I'm gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt. I was like, I really don't want him to go to the Lakers. I'm like, no reason to go there, G. Like, get, go elsewhere, <laughs> G. I was low key rooting for him to go to Philly or just stay in Cleveland and figure it out, but. I was like, okay, that's where you want to go. Then go there, G. But, but yeah. So like, I would, I would say my next question would be, how you growing up in Chicago and being a Lakers fan, how did that just like, how does, how do you feel, and all that about when it comes to that? Yeah. So the one thing about growing up in my household with my mom being a Magic and a Laker fan, she absolutely was not a Michael Jordan fan. Um, <laughs> Or a Bulls fan. So, me, 
I didn't necessarily didn't like the Bulls. Like I, like I would always say that my, the Bulls are my second favorite team, but there was always comparisons to Mike and Kobe or the '90s Bulls versus the the 2000s uh, Lakers. You know, so it's always been that comparison. Mm-hmm. And what I try to get people to understand is, is they're saying like, "Oh, he wants to be like Mike. He's trying to emulate Mike." And just as Kobe said, you the person that you look up to, you're going to study them, you're going to want to do exactly what they're doing, but then mm-hmm. you also want to try to beat them at what they're doing. You want to try to exceed what they've already done. So they have the videos out of Kobe um, shooting his shots exactly like Mike did. Yeah. Not a problem for me, it's a problem for other people because they're saying he's copying them. Yes, but he is copying greatness. Obviously, Michael Jordan is one of the best players to ever play, period. So, I mean... The fact that he's being emulated is not a negative thing. And Kobe never said, it's not like Kobe ever said, like, I ain't trying to be like Mike. Like, he specifically said, I'm trying to be like him and I'm trying to be better. Mm-hmm. So that's always been, like, my argument when it comes to the Chicago versus L.A. thing. You're not from there. Okay, and <laughs> don't care. It, it it literally makes me go hard. I love being in Chicago for Lakers games. And I love going out of state for Lakers games because I love going at it with other people specifically about him and about the Lakers. So, I I, I mean, it, it, I love it. <laughs> I respect it. Like, I outright do respect it. That's nothing, like, you ain't gonna get no negative from me when it comes to that. Like, I outright I respect it. And the way you broke it down, I respect it even more. A lot right. more because it's like, some people, you'd be like, eh, yeah, it's like, I understand it's your favorite player, but it's like, nah. Like, I could tell you was bred and groomed. And right, and all of that. Some people be like, right. "Nah, bro, nah, nah." Like it, it sounds cute, but nah, nah. Okay, I respect it, but all right. So let's since let's go ahead and just before we get into trade deadline deal, let's go ahead and talk about Lakers currently because they on the topic list like every goddamn episode, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, not of, yeah, hey, that's good to hear. <laughs> it was mainly because like it's the Lakers; they're good. We're a very pro LeBron podcast, so. Uh, we have to talk about LeBron no matter what, and that's the hot thing to do right. sometimes. So right. this is time for Lakers talk. So uh, Daytree, you can mute yourself. I'm just letting you know now because I can see that shit. But um, the Lakers still number one seed right now in the we- uh, Western Conference, um, second best record in the league. So of course they're doing their thing. But they did lose to the Rockets this past week, and yep. they had a very tough game against the uh warriors last last night actually recording this sunday on the february 9th just so those who trying to keep track when we record this stuff but so uh do you think like i'm gonna let you start off like do you think the lakers should have made a move uh during the trade deadline and do you see this team honestly like as currently constructed being able to make it out the west Okay, question number one. Part of me feels like you should have made a move, but I have no idea what that move would have been. That's how um, I feel. The, the issues that I was having this season, number one was with Kuzma, trying to be patient with him as he's coming off of these injuries. It's been very difficult because we need a consistent third score, which we don't have yet. The last couple games, he's been doing better, but... 
first first I mean the first couple months of the season I was like trade him <laughs> I was so ready I was um, I, I'm a Kuzma guy so I want I'm been spending patience too, for the longest yeah I am too but I I guess I was being impatient because we're a lot better this year than what I expected um I still expected us to have more bumps in the road um which we, we didn't really have at the beginning so I was a little bit impatient. He's getting better and getting back more consistent now. Um, I know that some teams were like asking about um, Alex Caruso, which I really like. Um, so I mean, I feel like we possibly should have made a move, but I I just don't know who it would have been. Um, I mean, I know Andre Drummond got traded, and we were talking about picking up Andre Drummond like a couple um, a couple years back before we got Boogie, um, but now there's no need for him because we have enough big men. So I'm not even sure what movie would have made, but it's like part of me feels like we should have. Um, and then in regards to us making it all the way, there's nothing that I want more, especially with what just happened with Kobe. Um, my voice just cracked. I'm sorry. Um, not, nothing would make me happier. You know, Lakers fans, I think even just like the NBA in general would highly appreciate it. The Lakers were able to take it all the way this season but I do not feel like we have what it takes. I feel like we're missing a piece, and I can't figure out what it is right now. Um, I mean, m- making it out the West is definitely a possibility, but I just don't think that in a seven-game series, um, I guess like the Bucks, I don't think that we would that we would make it. <laughs> Sad to say, I'm, I don't like – man, I just – I just kind of upset myself. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you uh, on the first uh, part when it comes to, like, the trades. Because I was thinking about it, yeah. too. I was like, if you trade for Mook, what you go – you trade for Mook and then the season fell and then Mook leave because he's a free agent next year. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. basically lost a young core in Kuzma for nothing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that would be dumb. Um, Which is still kind of what can happen with AD. Yeah, it can exactly. happen. It, I don't think it will, but it can no, happen. It's the same I, thing. I don't think AD will leave either because of like legacy I don't reasons. Think he will. I don't think he will now. Oh, you talking about like in the future? Future? No, I mean like when he first when we first picked him up, I was very very nervous because I, I was just very nervous. But now with us being as successful as we are, and now with Kobe passing away, I don't think he will. But nah. at the beginning of the season, I wasn't sure. Yeah. Uh, that I I I I was because the rumors about like the whole Chicago stuff was kind of getting to me too, and I was like, I hope this man don't just leave after one year. It's weird. Ain't that for you but for the um, organization, for the championship thing, I believe they do. I believe it's between four and a half teams. No, three and a half teams. You got Bucks, definitely. You got Lakers. You got the Clippers, unfortunately, and then you got. Um, uh, if Philly can turn it around, like those four teams, any of them can take it because they all have weaknesses, but they all have really big strengths. Like grief, like the Bucks' weaknesses is it's literally Greek freak a bust. I do not trust Chris Middleton in a seven game series to to go head to head with Brian and go head to head with AD. Nah. <laughs> like nah. like I, I I cannot trust that. So right. it, it, you will have to have. AD to be like legit Eastern Conference LeBron light in that sense where he have the average 
he have to lead the teams in points, steals, rebounds, assists, blocks, but that, and all that's that type not of stuff. what. But that, that's not why he's here, though. That's the problem. That's not why he's here. No, I was talking about Greek Freak. I was saying oh, he would have sorry, to have. Sorry. Oh, he would have to have that that um that yeah, type of he, season. But he I does, mean that though. type of. He already does. Yeah, but in the playoffs is different. Like we could we Greek Freak MVP last year. He came in, saw Ka- Kawhi, and the Raptors was able to neutralize whatever Greek Freak can do. Was able to 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 not not neutralize in the sense that he wasn't good, but neutralize in the sense that he wasn't dominant. And they lost the series. Uh, I believe other coaches can do that, especially the Clippers. The Clippers can dang sure do that with how many bodies they have. For the Clippers, their weakness is literally somebody touched Kawhi's kneecap and it's literally done for the rest of the season. So who knows? And then Paul George has been hot and cold. And then I can't trust people like Pat Bev and, and, and the other dudes. They are also liabilities when it comes to in the crunch time. The Lakers really don't have any depth, but they got enough bodies to go with any other team. It's just that they their biggest strength is we have LeBron and AD. Let's see what can happen in the playoffs. Because I think LeBron is pacing himself. I think he's not necessarily – because when I was watching the game – Yesterday against uh, against uh the Warriors, and I was like, LeBron could literally just take over, and this team could be up by twenty five, but he didn't. He literally was passive, just tossing the ball around. I think but he only had like twenty two points. That's kind of my problem. Like that's not the first game where he's done this. Even the very first game of the season against the Clippers, yeah. we lost, and it was a very ugly loss. And I understand yeah, we had no. I understand we had no real chemistry. All of that aside, it was a very ugly loss. Very ugly, and I feel like I feel like LeBron, of course, still has it in in him to be able to take over. But I just feel like for some reason he's just not, and it's, it it kind of bothers me because like <laughs> when I was when I was watching the game, I'm like, okay, baby, Bron, Bron, like this is when you usually like say like everybody move out the way. He just never did it, and we ended up losing a game that we didn't have to lose. Like yeah, why, are we, think- why are we losing a game that we don't have to lose? I think the Clippers games, I I hate watching them when they go against the Clippers because the discourse afterwards with the three Clippers fans on social media and everybody who hate LeBron, that discourse is, like, really, really dumb. But for me, personally, I think that he is pacing himself. I kind of feel the same way about, like, AD. I feel like AD should not be as passive as he is, like, I feel like AD is a top five player in the league. I feel like he's a top three if he really, 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 really want to push himself to be better than everybody on the court. Right. Yeah, and I don't like how the fact that, like, even in a Rockets game, and every time they gave him the ball, he did what he had to do, and he had, like, 20-something. But I'm like, this is a perfect game for you to have 50, Mm -hmm. 60. Like, like, there's not one person on the Rockets who can guard you. And that not only goes to AD, that also goes to Frank Vogel. I was, not put I was just about to say that. I was just about to say like, that. His, his lineups are so weird because you'll have Rondo, Dwight, AD, Braun, and, and, and somebody else on the court at the same time, and that's no type of shooting. So the paints get congested and clogged up, and the ball can't go nowhere. And other mm-hmm. teams can see that. And I, I, don't, like, I don't like Frank Rogel's rotations. I don't think he – it would be no, no reason that Alex Caruso get less minutes than, than Rondo. And Alex Caruso has been shown to be way better than way Curry Rondo better. at the moment. Way better. Um, I don't like how um, – I don't like how, like, he don't play certain guards, like, 
Quint Cook. Enough. Oh, and Cook, he Cook for Quint Cook. Just I don't care how many minutes he played in them joints. Quint Cook just came off of a finals. <laughs> you you play a dude who literally is just in a finals. finals. In a situation where two of the best players were injured and he had to step up alone, you play him. There's no mm-hmm. reason for you not to play him. And then on the other end, you have to get up. You have to get up and, and, and AD face and tell him in crunch time, you are the five. And it's literally what you have to be. Mm-hmm. When you like when you when you started the game, yeah, we put Javel, we put Dwight out there. But in crunch time, when everybody else is 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 playing fast or or they slowing down the pace and relying on a better defense, you have to be the person who played a five and dominate. Like right. Bron is thirty five, and I believe Bron is still amazing. He's really really good. Mm-hmm. But like in the sense of AD, most of the time I'm not on the Kawhi Leonard hype. Whatever team he goes against, unless it's the Bucks, or that's it. Like, I, honestly, I think Greek Freak is the only player other than like Brian, maybe Kawhi, that's better than Anthony Davis. So there should be no in no way that Anthony Davis will go against a team like the the Knicks or go against a team like Chicago and only come out with twenty two points, right. eleven rebounds. He should go. He should come out 35, 14. Because Green Freak literally do that stuff in less than 28 minutes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, it's – I think the Lakers – but to the others – Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, to the others uh, move, I think um, they didn't have a backup plan for Kawhi not coming. So, that hurted them a lot mm-hmm. because they let all that stuff go to pass. They let good guards they, – they couldn't get – they couldn't get D'Lo. They could have gotten um, – who else they could have gotten in that free agency? This felt like an eternity ago. They couldn't get like D-Lo. They could have got so much people from that free agency. I don't think uh, like that. In terms of guards, and they messed up because they thought they were going to have some big three of Kawhi, LeBron, and AD, which I didn't think was going to happen at all. Um, but and what I see is I do see them – I do see them getting to the Western Conference Finals. Coming out the West, that's a coin flip. I could mm-hmm. be right and I could be wrong. Like, if you're rooting for any of those teams between the Lakers and the Clippers, you're making a smart decision. I right. think it's easier for the Clippers to get upset on their road to the like if they run across a team like the Utah Jazz or they run across the Houston Rockets or something like that. I think the Clippers can be upset. But I don't think – I think playoff Braun is still a form that legit is a thing, and I don't think – him not getting him getting to the Western Conference Finals is like a goal at least. Him winning the whole thing is a bigger goal, but at least getting to the Western Conference Finals should be a goal for him. So I, I see they can do it. I don't know if they're gonna win a chip. That's weird. I, I I don't know that. I think come playoff time, we see the first couple games or the first couple see. Then I can be like, all right, this team is they can gear it up and they can win it. But right now, I don't even know if the Clippers are gonna make it. I mean, make it up because they just got beat by the. the a dude named McLaughlin. So, yeah, even though they are forty piece in the uh, the Cavaliers right now, but that's the yeah, Cavaliers. the Cavaliers. It's the Cavaliers. <laughs> it's the Cavaliers. So who cares? Name uh, name seven of their players. Seven. Okay, uh, Kevin Love, Trish Thompson, Andre Drummond, uh, Garland, Sexton, Seti. 
Okay, yeah. that's six. Yeah, more than I thought you would. <laughs> <laughs> that's the same. That's six. Like, Ain't no one of them news like his name Porter Jr. But it's not Michael. It's something. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I think that I forgot his name, but yeah, Porter. Yeah, they got a Porter on their team. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that's that. it for me. I don't know no more other than that. Oh, I think they still got Larry Nance Jr. too. See, I remember him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You should have kept him too. But anyway, I think um, should have kept Brook Lopez as well. We should have kept, kept Brook Lopez. We should have kept Ingram, but Ingram wasn't what he was this year. What he was last year, and he had blood clots. The point that I wanted. The, the point that I wanted to make earlier is the conversation that we're having about lineups. So I remember in the offseason, we're picking all of these people up. And I'm thinking, how the hell is this going to work with all of these different players? Um, and as the season was starting, I'm like, okay, okay, this person's getting some ticks, this person's getting some ticks. But as of right now, with the point that you were making, I'm so lost with these lineups. Quinn Cook should definitely be getting ticked. Um, I mean, there's there's players who get ticked. I'm like, every time Jared Dudley come in the game, I'm like, please, like, no. But Jared Dudley, <laughs> I, I can't. No, my, I'm the most. I was very anti Jared Dudley when they got him, but he only plays when like either Javale, AD, or somebody's hurt. And no, I don't. I don't need him at all. I and don't need like him he, at all. There, we have <laughs> we have players who are low key like Troy Daniels who. Really, really good. Who does not get any playing time? Yeah, Quinn Cook gets no that. playing time. What is the point of picking up these players that are really good and we're not playing them? I definitely agree with Troy Daniels. I feel like Troy Daniels is nasty. We yeah, just don't give him. He can shoot his ass off. Like he can just shoot his ass off. So I mean, like we have we like we're deep, but if we're not being consistent with our lineups. They're going to be cold when they come in the game, more mm-hmm. than likely. So if something happens and somebody gets hurt or whatever, we need Quinn Cook or or Troy Dance or whoever to come into the game, and they play 10 minutes in 10 games. <laughs> like, and it, the thing it's is, not going to do with anything. Frank Vogel is a great defensive coach. Like, the, the defense that he has for the Lakers is really, really good. If you look at, like, the games that they win or something like that, I would look at whatever stats – they 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 won the top defensive team. I can't think of the stat right now, but it's just that offense. I think that's what they get beat by. Like with other teams playing by threes and stuff like that, the Lakers be playing by twos, and it's very very slow paced twos. And if they are able to not play Rondo, I don't know who's scared of Rondo in that locker room, but he should not be getting that much minutes. I I'd rather have Jared Dudley on the court than Rondo. I just think like with people like Kuz and. Who who will strive more of ISO ball if they let Kuz do that? But he can't do that on Rondo on the court. He can't do that when when Bron and Rondo on the court. He definitely can't do that when Bron, Rondo, and AD is on the court. So like, I just think Rondo is the the biggest factor. And I don't know if they saving that man for like a playoff series to get under like Patrick Beverly's skin or something. Yeah, I don't but know like, the, no. like the Rondo situation. Good. It's him. I thought they should have traded him to the Knicks. And got like Alfred Payton or something. I was thinking like, that. It would have been way better. Kind of the same player, just one younger. Younger, and then I feel like Alfred Payton is a, a little bit better of a consistent shooter than uh, Rondo. Like sometimes I just see Rondo shoot. I'm like, he's wide open. Like it may or may not go in. It's like I don't know what the hell I'm right. about to get with Rondo. Sometimes that's the see, first. But we picked up Rondo for different reasons. Like they were just talking. They had like a ten minute conversation about him on ESPN the other day, talking about his basketball intelligence and his IQ and how he sees different plays and 
how he does the set in the third and it's just like you, you, we got that part we need him to do other stuff as well like you exactly. can't have a basketball IQ which is still missing shots it defeats the purpose of you being on the court taking up somebody else's space and yep. money <laughs> definitely that too but um the bite well the Lakers is looking like they're gonna be playing the buyout market uh Darren Collins and already said uh thank you for the free dinner but I'm gonna stay home and uh pray to uh to pray with the Jehovah Witnesses and stuff like that so that's his personal business so as of right now uh there is rumors that I think Reggie Jackson might get bought out and I feel like that's a hell no because Reggie Jackson is literally the definition of uh numb nut ball and YMCA basketball so I'm good on that um Tyler Johnson just got released and I feel like that would be a solid option in terms of just a combo type guard because the Lakers just need a combo type guard honestly um and I think it was somebody else name I heard I can't think of them but uh at this point they're looking like they're going to be buyout market players and so it's just like it's more of a wait and see approach now with the Lakers because like they could just go in with the current lineup but my main thing is like with the current roster for it to be at its very best, I think they really need to hope that, um, what's his name? That Kuzma just steps up above all. And he has been stepping up. It's just, I think it's just the fact that he's been injured and just trying to get back to being consistent. And I, me and I think a lot of other people are just not being patient enough. Because, yeah. I mean, if we would have been patient with more players, then they wouldn't have, you know, like re injured themselves and stuff like that. So, I'm trying to be as patient as possible. I honestly do not think we're making any moves um, at all. Mm. Um, I think we're going to stick with the lineup that we have. And just hope that everybody just stays healthy because that's another problem that we've had, even though, like, like Rondo specifically, like, he hasn't had any major injuries where he's been out one large, big strip of games, but he's been out a lot of patches of games. So he's mm. not consistent either. So we have to stay healthy. I mean, we all know that Anthony Davis is injury prone. We know that LeBron James is not. So, I mean, Kuzma's injury prone. I mean, the list goes on with with the Lakers um, with with injuries or, yeah. or potential injuries, I should say. Yeah, definitely agree. So let's let's wait and see. And uh, one thing I'm really looking forward to with the Lakers right now, I think, come playoff time, is the possibility that Boogie can come back and. I think Boogie will make life easier scoring-wise offensively as well, too, because he can score from mid-range inside and from the three. So I think he'll help Absolutely. out in a lot more ways, too, especially with the chemistry he had with AD for, like, that time he spent with New Orleans. But, New Orleans, yeah. but let's go ahead and move on. So the trade deadline has passed. Um, a lot of deals. I won't even say a lot, but a decent amount of deals did occur. Uh, a lot of noteworthy ones, but... Let's talk about the headliner, which was the Clippers getting Marcus Morris. Uh, and pretty much they got Marcus Morris, Isaiah Thomas, who's been cut. Uh, keep him mm-hmm. far away from Staples Center altogether. Um, <laughs> the Knicks got Mo Harkless and a bunch of picks. Got Jerome Robinson, who I feel like was a decent bench player on the Clippers. Uh, initial thoughts on Marcus Morris to the uh, Clippers. Applaud. I mean, I I like it. 
I like it a lot. Um, I've always liked the Morris brothers in general. Um, but I think he's that spark. Um, they, he plays hard. You know, he, he may not be the best scorer, potentially. I don't, I don't even know which, which of the two is the better scorer. I just know Marcus. that they both hustle. You know, they, they both have that little thug mentality. And I, I think it was a great pickup for them. I think he fits perfectly. Yeah, I like the move as well. Uh, I like it, but also I feel like they didn't need to make the move either. Like the, they the Clippers, didn't need to make really... it, but they didn't really give up anything either. So exactly, that was the wild thing. Like you turned uh, Mo Harkless, who I I like Mo Harkless was really good on that team. I feel like they should have played him more. But um, mm-hmm. Morris uh, literally is a huge upgrade from the power four position, which they really need. It's just to me. He's going there just to play the first three quarters, and then come fourth quarter time, uh, you're just going to sit on the bench because we already got our our closing five. So we're, and mm-hmm. we're not going to mess it up for nothing in the world. But I like the move. Um, for the Knicks, they just did what they had to do. They had to get picks. And the Wizards, I don't know what the hell. The Wizards just felt like they just say anybody want Isaiah Thomas, and the Clippers said we'll get rid of him for you, for you guys. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like to me. Which is unfortunate. I don't. Me personally, I don't feel like teams should be able to do that. I don't like. I don't like that they're able to do that. Yeah, it's like I don't it's like weird. that you're able to to say, "Hey, well, you know, let's do this trade when you get here." By the way, we're not keeping. You. Like, I don't. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I'll be hurt. Like, I don't like that. My feelings will be hurt. But the thing is, the player don't even. They don't get the count. The player find out when they the one the wise bomb hit on their Twitter feed. They don't put, the team don't got to tell them that. But like that, they that, found it out, makes oh, it worse. The, which makes it even the, worse. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to this team. Oh, by the way, you not. Like, what? Don't catch that so flight. I ain't on nobody's team? <laughs> don't catch that yeah, flight. That's, that's crazy. Uh, I do think he it's going to be unfortunate, but let another guard get hurt. Isaiah Thomas will be on somebody's bench. Um, yeah. But I think them getting rid of Isaiah Thomas seems like the John Wall timetable has gotten shorter. Um. Which means he'd probably be back either the end of the season or he's definitely being back in the beginning of the next season. Uh, so I guess they have to find some way to get him out. That's really, I feel sorry for Isaiah Thomas because it's not his fault that the Celtics literally made that man play on the bum hip. Um, for for the, the Knicks, it's the Knicks. I think what the Knicks doing right now is that they're either stocking up picks to make a trade to a team to take one of their better players, or John Wall, they no, I don't think it's for John Wall. Sources say it's Devin Booker, but we're not gonna have a conversation right now. I don't uh, because <laughs> reason I say it's probably Devin Booker is because um, the New York Knicks have their new president, and that's Devin Booker's agent. And mm. we know how when agents becomes presidents of basketball, we know how that goes. So yeah. Uh, and he's a couple of other good player agents as well. Uh, yeah, so... um, Hopefully that'll be for, what you're Yeah, I, I see that'll help him out. Um, For... for um, What's that team? Oh, for the Clippers. That is either, it was either a really, really good decision or it was either a really, really bad decision in my eyes. Really, really good decision. They just got another person who can score. Another person who can you can throw at Brian, which I mean, it's going to be... It is going to be dependent. This this chip is really going to be dependent if AD can take his talent to a, a, high, a higher level because Brian's going to have to see Mook, Kawhi, and Paul George. And if you're one of them diehard Clipper fans, I'll just say this for you too, and Patrick Beverly. 
but he's gonna have to see those three and a half in a seven game series mm-hmm. every time going up the court. So the switches is gonna be so hard for Braun. But AD don't have to who AD gotta worry about? Zubak? Yeah, or, or um uh what's his name? Montrez. Um, Montrez, Montrez is a defensive liability. So AD has the the tools to 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 dominate that series. Um, I would have said if I was the Clippers though, finding out that D- Drummond went for a bag of chips and a slushy, I wouldn't have went for Drummond. It did not want to have been a guaranteed chip. I don't know how the money plays in that situation, but I'm pretty sure you can uh, unload it, Lou Will, that other guy. Unload it, Lou Will. Yeah, for Drummond, of course. I do that in a heartbeat. I think about it. I you do it in a heartbeat. You have to give me either. I'm, I'm uh, cool with Lou Will too, but Drummond, literally the only problem the Clippers has other than injuries are the fact that their paint presence is zero. So you got yeah. Kawhi and Paul George in the playoff series. I wouldn't even really want the wheels on the court in the playoff series because everybody's going to attack him. Fuck it, Rondo probably attack him when that happens. That's the last thing that but the Lakers want to do. <laughs> but when you have Drummond being yo, a person who's been leading the league in rebounds, and that's a problem that they have. Who 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 can block shots and who also can, even though it don't happen in this damn age of basketball, he can definitely score in the post. So I, it will be perfect. And then Drummond was a bag of chips. He literally went to Cleveland for I don't even I don't John know Henson, who. Brandon Knight, and some picks. Like I think I thought John Henson was still on the goddamn Celtics. I mean, on the Bucks. I did not know he left. Um, you're but not like, wrong. Um, You're not wrong. It would that would have been a very, very powerful move. But yeah, me, not a, me not being a Clippers fan and me being a Lou Williams fan, I, <laughs> like that's 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 the way I just look at. It. I didn't look at it as um, the Clippers president making a decision to win the championship. I looked at it as <laughs> I don't want Lou Will to continue to bounce around on all of these things. That was yeah. yeah, that's true. They could have, or they could have, uh, or they could have. Went for Compella because Compella went for cheap too, and yeah. then all the Rockets really wanted was another person who can space the floor. And um, Drummond would have been know, a better move though because yeah, Drummond, Com- Drummond is a twenty twenty guy. He can't, you yeah. know, he's a twenty twenty guy. So. But Compella would have been, been cheaper. You wouldn't have been able to keep Lou Will. What's his name? If you <laughs> if you wouldn't got Compella, you wouldn't have been able to keep Lou Will. All you want to have to do is probably give away Mo Harkless and another yeah. and another and shooter Beverly. because they would be Beverly. I don't think you want to give away Beverly. I don't think you want to have to give away that much because all of what the Rockets was looking for was a person who was big enough to play center and stretch the floor. That's it. But that's all. That's all Clint Capella was. So really picking him up is really just putting a big ass body in the middle of the floor. I mean, he he's not that skillful. He's not. I mean, he's true. Not true. A great player. So really picking him up with just. Would just literally be saying we have a body now that can guard AD, regardless of if he's good or bad. That's 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 true. That's true. Really unfortunate. And I think I think it was one other person I couldn't have said the Clippers could have went for. Oh, Kevin Love, but I don't think Cleveland was trying to get rid of him. AD would have freaking gave that man fifty the whole series, G. And I love Kevin Love, (laughs) but G, that's that's literally Kevin Love would have literally died, G. That series. 
<laughs> he would have had the that man. The person we didn't mention was um, D'Angelo Russell getting traded. Yeah, I was about to, we was, I was about to transition to that. So D'Lo got yeah. uh, flipped to the T Wolves, and we for this whole season for the podcast. Now, since D'Lo became a Warrior, I said the Timberwolves need to go ahead and trade for Wiggins, and they did it. So shout out to them, whoever they uh, owner it for listening to me because I said it first. <laughs> I've been saying it since free agency. So I need my dues, my niggas. But um, Timberwolves uh, got D'Lo, Amari Spellman, some dude named Jacob Evans, while the uh, Warriors just outright got uh, Andrew Wiggins and some picks. I like to trade for both teams. Uh, D'Lo really wanted to play with Cat. Cat is happy now. Hopefully he'll win some games because, gee, you haven't won since Thanksgiving. No, 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 wait. Take it back. He beat the Clippers last night. So his winning streak is back. So uh, you finally got your homeboy. Hopefully get Devin Booker soon. Uh, and then the Warriors, I feel like this is not a move for this year. It's a move for next year because I see Wiggins is a score. And at this point of his career, I think he knows that. And then being with a team like the Warriors, he's going to be nothing more but Harrison Barnes 1.5. Not 2.0, 1.5. So it's a good move when you when for a healthy Warriors team next year for their potential NWO revenge tour, which I see happening next year. So those are my thoughts on that trade. I like it a lot for both teams. I um, read I read two articles saying that um, they were not going to trade him and they wanted to wait to see how he plays with Steph and literally the exact opposite happened. Within the I don't believe. Of an eye. Look, when it comes to these, these articles, organizations, I don't believe trash. nothing. <laughs> he don't believe nothing. <laughs> I mean, these were in-depth articles too, like going in strict detail and literally, pup, gone. <laughs> Yep. I mean, I like I like the trades too. Um, I think it'll be a little bit more exciting for him to be able to facilitate the ball to Cat. Cat's a a, a very decent player, and I feel like he'll be able to um, hopefully take him to the next level. Um, Delo's scoring has gotten a lot better um, as well. He's he's become a pretty dominant player. Maybe dominant is the word. Exciting. Which he was exciting. He's become a very exciting player um, in comparison to when he was with the Lakers. So I'm excited to see where that goes. And yeah, Warriors, I'm not mad that they're in this position that they're in right now because I was sick and tired of them. Uh, uh, so my, my plan is still coming in full force. Uh, you, don't, you don't know my plan, so I'll let you know right now. So D'Lo was a caveat in order for them to get Greek Freak next year when Greek Freak declined his player option. So when Greek Freak declined his player option, the Warriors were making ways in order for the team to in order for the team to uh to uh what's that called? Make room for the big contract they don't have to get to Greek Freak. So my plan is still going to suffice. People might think it it, it trembled a bit, but it didn't. So and and how this is how it's gonna go. You got rid of D'Lo. That was a bigger contract, or or as big as Andrew Wiggins. I don't know. It's about the same. But you Their get about the same. you get Andrew Wiggins, which is a small forward who who's lanky and things of that nature. A crap ton of picks. So when Greek Freak says, "Yo, I don't want to play in Milwaukee no more. The sun never comes out. 
I'm tired of the Midwest. It's always cold. Take me to, to San Francisco. You're able to throw Wiggins, Eric Pascal, some other dude. Draymond. All those picks you got. You saying Draymond too? Maybe Draymond. Yeah, I'm saying Draymond. Yeah. That's the same guy. <laughs> Draymond. And you got Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Greek Freak on your team to win the next three championships. Well, yeah. But um for me, personally I like the Tim- I like the Timberwolves. I'm a big Cat fan. So I'm hating the fact that other than last night, Cat didn't win since Thanksgiving. Um that's really, really freaking bad. Yeah, I think Cat is. is one of the best centers and big men in the league. Um and not to see him. do that when we're moving away from the position. <laughs> um, and when when I see that they got D'Lo, one of Cat's good friends, I'm like, this is nice. Um, I'm glad to see what's going on, and this is cool. Um, me personally, I thought D'Lo was I thought D'Lo was going to go to um, Phoenix. And then Phoenix was probably going to give away, like, Kelly Oubre and some picks and stuff like that. And that would have took Phoenix over the um, the uh, the thing. And then Cat probably would have said, I want it out. Because this is how I would have did it if I was the three of them trying to make, you know, move, right? I wouldn't I try to get D-Lo to Phoenix, right? Tell Phoenix. If I'm Devin Booker, I'm going to say, tell Phoenix. Go ahead. Do whatever you can do to get D-Lo. You get D-Lo. And then you... Uh, after this season, they had a little fun. They get their chemistry. Cat say, I'm tired of playing in Minnesota. It's too cold. It's boring. They only got one mall. You you go and do you say it's the best mall in the leave. world. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. And uh, and then when you do that, be like Phoenix, be like, look, we can offer you Aiden, a whole bunch of young players, and a crap ton of picks. Minnesota, they ain't got nothing to lose because Cat don't want to play here anyway. You send him over there. Now you got a team in Minnesota, Devin Booker, and that boy D'Angelo Russell. That's how I would have did it. But unfortunately, I am not a GM of a league, nor am I a basketball player. I was not blessed with those gifts. I am unfortunately five foot seven. So, uh, all in all, I think that trade was cool. I don't think that does anything though. Like it gets them nowhere, especially this year. This year is dead. You might as well don't play them that much. Don't risk them getting hurt. Um, next year, see what you can do. See if you can get a person who can, um, like a 3 and D player uh, and some more shooters. And that'd be a good mid-tier team, like the Blazers or something like that. And yeah, see what goes on from there. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. I would, I still feel like they don't even really need to do a lot of moves because they're still really freaking young, the Timberwolves. Like, I like Josh Okogie. Name five, name five Timberwolves players other than Cat, Josh Okogie, and D'Angelo Russell. Malik Beasley, Herman Gomez's brother, uh, Jared Culver, and do they still got Gorgie Dane? No, no they I'm, traded no, him. Nope, okay. Uh, James Johnson's on that team now. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's four, so that's close enough, G. That's a rotation. James Johnson that young. That dude, pro- Dang, yeah, he, he's not that young. LeBron sent that man to hell, and he time-traveled. Uh, and came out the uh, world like two, two years ago. So you're right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, look. Either way, they still got young pieces to work with. That's the point. And 
Like I feel like oh, you, you talking about McLaughlin. My bad. You talking about McLaughlin. Oh, yeah, McLaughlin gave McLaughlin. look. McLaughlin gave the freaking Clippers hell. So hey, he gotta be good. He gotta have some type of ability. G, you gotta respect it. But but still, uh, I like their team young, youth wise in terms of the young guys, the good young guys like a Kogi and a Culver. I think they could be decent to work with. They could at least fill in the blank for uh, Wiggins. Uh, I think they just really need a solid stretch four to put with Cat. Or at least, like, well, Cat likes to shoot threes, honestly. So when he don't want to uh, get his big ass in the paint, he could just, uh, you get, like, a like a power four who can either, who can do play the post but also uh, stretch the floor as well. So I would look for that type of guy. But they also got Malik Beasley, who I think could be a good third option. And I think I'm very high on Malik Beasley. That dude can hoop. Um, the Nuggets just didn't want to pay that man. So, if you do what he's supposed to do with Timberwolves, he could get paid and stay there for at least the next two, three years. Unless they say, hey, give us Devin Booker, then you do what you got to do. But I like the trade. Um, then, I feel like the final big major trade was Iggy uh, escaping Memphis and going to Miami. I really, really, really like this trade for the uh, the Heat. I fake like it for the Grizzlies and Timberwolves were there. So like I like the move for the uh the Heat. It's just telling me they going all in. They want they really think they can uh win the East this year. Um add an Iggy, you got another body to throw at uh Giannis, a smart player, championship experience, everything you kinda need for for like a young team that they are with a couple of your core pieces being uh, Kendrick Nunn, Chicago legend, and uh, Tyler Hero. So, I like it. They also got Jay Crowder out the deal, who's also a good, solid 3 and D type player. So, Absolutely. overall, I really like what the Heat did for their roster during the trade deadline. And they got rid of Deion Waiters, who wants to I, uh, do edibles and gummies and shit. So, he got to go. I got a question. It's a two-parter. One, if you was the Lakers, would you... Would you would have tried to see if Gordon Drogic was available. And two, as you are the Miami Heat, you're young and things of that nature, why is Gordon Drogic still on your team? I know Gordon Drogic is good, so that's probably the reason, but going forward, why you didn't see what you can get for him in order to continuously build around that young core and stuff like that, Jimmy? Primarily, I think he's been really good for the bench, their bench this year. Um, so with that... Because he's one of those underrated guys in six-man year contention. Because I know we all talking about D. Rose, but he's definitely in six-man year contention as well. Uh, and then let's just say if somebody like Kendrick Nunn is having an off night, uh, you could close games out with Drogic and know you have like a very capable veteran guy out there. And I'm pretty sure like some of the offers they were listening to just wasn't enough for them. I guess you you can say because. Drogic yeah. also has a very outrageous contract. I think he's making twenty mil. So you're trading. Oh, he's making a, twenty mil. Never mind. Yeah, he's he has a very ridiculous contract still. So you had to trade a decent amount if you're the Lakers, and that would inter- mean trading Danny Green. So, and Oof. I like Danny Green's defense and shooting. So you need that. Me too. So, but overall, like I like the Heat's roster going into the playoffs. Yeah, I do too. I really like it. I think it's really, really good. It's funny how Drake Crowder just got – he gets hopped around a lot. Um, but I do like the um, 
the Heat's roster. I tend to put them on that team and take Philly off. I think the Heat also have enough. I don't think they have enough to throw at. Um, I don't think they have a. I don't think they have enough to throw at. Uh, what is his name? Greek Freak. They do. But I don't know. I don't think, bro. I don't think anybody on that team can guard Giannis, dog. Iggy Crowder, think, Jimmy, and you throw Bam out there every now and then. And that's, I think that's what I think hope. he can. Crowder's definitely getting smoked. Jimmy Butler's too small. And then who's going to guard mid-ass Chris Middleton? And I think Bam is the only person who can put a body in front of him. But I don't. I don't. If you you can't look at me in a straight face and say any of them people can do what Kawhi and them did to him, or what Joel and B can do. Like, okay. nobody on that team. Jimmy is way too small. And I think Green Freak is getting better at playing with smaller guards guarding him. Like, because it gets nasty sometimes. I hear you. So, uh, before you uh, continue yes. your thought, Daytra, uh, Ebony, no. you about to get off, right? I know you just muted us. But yeah. Yes, yes. All right. You could, uh, we're glad to have you on here. So, definitely glad you could come back whenever you feel like it. If the Lakers uh, win it all, we're definitely glad to have you back. So you go ahead and have your moment to talk your shit, go crazy and all of that. <laughs> but uh, definitely glad to have you on here. It was a pleasure meeting you. Yeah, you too. I had a blast. This was my first time on a podcast or anything like this. So, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would love to come back and, and um, be a guest again. And, yeah, thank you guys for having me. And, Kobe, I love you. All right. And, and before you go, anything, any shout outs and anything you want to promote uh, before yes, you get off? Absolutely. So I want to promote two things. Today is my husband's 30th birthday. Hey, so I want to say happy birthday to my husband, Tyron. And, happy birthday. Um, yes, thank you. And then I also wanted to promote my travel agency. So um, I am a travel agent. The name of my business is Dream Vacations by Ebony. I am registered with the state of Illinois, but I do still travel all over the world. So if you need any assistance with planning any vacations, feel free to like me on Facebook and Instagram, Dream Vacations by Ebony, and hit me up if you're ready to book a trip. All right. Awesome. All right. That's dope. Support Black Business. And happy birthday to your husband. And once again, we're glad to have you on here. Thank you so much. Talk to you guys soon. All right. Peace. All right. Gee, uh, so continue on with your uh, your thought, bro. I, I kind of forgot. That was also really, really nice. Oh, the bodies um, to throw at uh, Giannis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Giannis, Giannis. It's, they, they have enough bodies. They, I mean, they don't have enough bodies to throw at Giannis. I think Giannis is probably... The most dominant player in this league, and Miami ain't got enough to throw at him. I think if that was a seven game series, I think Miami will probably get two games, um, two in Miami, and the rest will completely go to uh, um, Greek freaking them boys. So, uh, but I do like it going into the future. I think if Bam can, can, can steady, can um, he'll be able to you know, compete with him in the future, especially on the defensive side. Um, what else? I'm trying to think of something else. Um, uh, that's it. Like, I don't think it's more I can say about that team, so to speak. Okay, not mad at it. 
uh, one last trade that I think kind of helps Philly out a little bit is uh, the trade they did with the Warriors to get Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson. I really like that trade for Philly in the sense that they add more bench scoring and also uh, they added bench scoring and the plus on top of it, uh, more shooting, especially for those Ben Simmons-led lineups and uh, Embiid-led lineups. I feel like that's a big help for them. Your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I, uh, I don't. This Philly situation is yeah. I don't weird. think anything can help that other than probably the firing of Brett Brown and the breaking up of the two stars. Um, I know you don't want to like go so drastic, and it's only been like what two years um, since. Yeah, about this is like year three years, but like this will be year uh, two where I would say two where both of them is healthy. Yeah, well, as healthy as Joel can be. Um, but I just, I just, I don't like Al Horford should have been moved because of how congested the paint is. I think you want to get a lot. He spends a lot of time at the three point line. And still, but I don't think that's where you can best use Al Horford either, though. Mm. You know, of course, yeah, he gets open threes. He probably can make them for you. But that shouldn't be the goal. The goal the goal should be using him as his best for, in order for them to be over their heads. Like, if you was just going to get a, 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 a person who is just going to space the floor, it's a billion of power forwards who could do that. Ain't no more we got him for Giannis. That's dead. Giannis proved that that was a myth. Um, so what can you like? There, there's honestly nothing he's there for other than to, um, what's that's called? Um, uh, standing on a three point line. I think that's a disservice to him. And if he's not on three point line, that plank get more clogged up than the toilet. It got darn. Uh, public bathroom, like it's it's bad. I and I'm not saying you know I don't want people to think because I I talk about moving people a lot on this podcast, but I think when you're a top five team in the league, you have to make moves in order for your team to be successful. Like you don't want to stay running the mill too long because the way this works, I, mean, I don't know if the league will ever do something with this. A max is not keeping that player because the player can get the max and say he want to leave, and you can't do nothing about that. Like, I don't think people understand that particular part. Like, it's not simply just giving your player the max, he wants the money. He, it's a possibility he can take the money. And guess what? He will still say, I want to go. So you not only gave up money, and and Adam's part, you 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 actually losing more money while giving somebody a max who end up leaving because that's not only gonna hurt you when you gave with that max, but it's gonna hurt your profit because nobody wants to you and a bunch of niggas nobody knows playing basketball. Like if it weren't for Chris Paul, I don't care how diehard or what ain't not that much in Oklahoma City, ain't nobody gonna be coming to them games. So, like, when it comes to uh, 
when it comes to like things like that, like say for instance, if they wasn't able to um, say for instance, if they wasn't able to to find a way to move cat. Say for instance, if they wasn't. Like and I mean not move cat, get D'Angelo Russell. If Cat, yeah, he got his max. If he said he wanted to leave, what can what and what possibility could the Timberwolves have done? What could they have done, Chris? Make him sit the rest of the year, do an Iggy? Make him sit? Nah, I wouldn't do that. Hell no. So what 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 what's the only thing they could possibly do? You got me there. Trade him. <laughs> and going back to it, I think, like, in this situation with Philly, a lot of people talked about how that tanking helped them. It helped them for all of two seasons. Because right now, if you look at Joe Allen B, he is not the happiest camper. Because he can't be who he wants to be on that team. And, and and if he is the person that he wants to be on that team, Ben Simmons not the player that he wants to be. It's very very rare, especially this season, in which they are playing at a level when both of them is looking good. They lose the team. That this is the thing, right? Which is crazy. They're twenty two and two at home. They are, but on the road they are absolutely Booty. garbage. Their booty on the road, like they're horrible on the road. Like, and you know the funny thing is, when 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 Joel Embiid and Brett Brown took step on the court, they booed them. The Philly fans booed them. And let me say it again: your home fans are booing you, and you're twenty two and two at home. Something ain't right. And it has to be fixed. I think Ben Simmons should be the the person you keep going forward. Reason I'm saying that because it's easier to build build around Ben Simmons than it is Joel Embiid. Um reason I say that is because you treat Ben Simmons like LeBron James light. You get shooters and defenders around him and you're really, really good. I think if they was able to this season find something for Joel and B where it fits him. Someplace like the Celtics, I think the Celtics would be amazing for Joel and B. And then you're able to get a nice haul of young players. You probably can get um, you probably can get Jalen Brown back for that. You think? Not just Jalen Brown. I'm just saying in general, like you probably can get Jalen Brown back, right? Yeah, you could definitely I would definitely I would push for Tatum, but I would settle for Jalen Brown plus Marcus Smart. You know what I'm saying? Plus Marcus Smart? Yeah. Yes. But and and then a boatload of picks. Right? Because Jalen B is worth them two players in a pick. Or picks. So I'll do that. Hey, Tell me a team with a Ben Simmons entering his prime, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, Tobias Harris. I don't know if you keep Josh Richardson. And a decent little bench. You can't tell me that team is not a force to be in the East? Yeah, it'd be, yeah it depends. It'd be a force, but I don't see... Like, what, it's just my main question with a Ben Simmons-led team, and I think I talked to Tyler about this. Um, 
is I feel because the thing is it's so weird. Like I feel like a Ben Simmons led team, it's easier to build to win in a regular season. You just put a gang of shooters around them, but because yeah. it's like you you kind of want to use the Bucks format on how they built a team around Giannis. But the thing is that makes it hard for a Ben Simmons led team is come playoff time, we're not really going to be scared of your shooters because defensively the game's going to slow down. And we're going to look out for that outlet pass. We're just going to play home. We're going to dare you to beat us. And Ben Simmons. And I think he can do that. I think he can do that because it's not. I don't think him not being able to shoot a jump shot hurt yeah, I, him. I it, think it's him not being able to be dominant where he's at. His game hurt him because it's two other people down there with him. It's I, easier to, to, to for help defense when Joel and B right there. And then Joel Embiid now playing the strip since he can't play on the three-point line. That literally hurts the team. I hear you. So it's from, but this is yeah, but, but what makes Giannis so dominant is that he isn't scared to be dominant. I, yeah, I get what you're saying about the – yeah, Ben Simmons can easily uh, – with all the uh, floor space and be – yeah, it should be heaven. But that's just not what makes Giannis dominant is like – he can post your ass up and hit you with a post fade. He can, and it's just the fis—it's just not the physical dominance. Because Ben Simmons, on par equally, should is about outside of just not being Damian seven feet tall. About physically dominating wise is equal to Giannis almost. Like Giannis just got the height and the fact that he's from Greece, so you know he fought some fought and he's African. He's African Greece. That's a deadly yeah. ass combination. That's scary, <laughs> but it's like with Ben Simmons is more of I think mentality as well because yep. he can get real lackadaisical and like yeah you don't really need a jump shot that's why I say like regular season oh yeah go ahead go crazy they might they might be a freaking first second third seed but come playoff time when all I know is. He's not absolutely going to shoot because at least with Giannis before this season, he might pop a midi. He'll pop a midi. Like I, I have to guard him from eighteen and up. But, but with Ben Simmons, it's like I'm gonna stand my ass at the free throw line, and if you try to, if I'm a good enough defender, like a smart, smart defender at the very least, I might be able to f around and get some charges. So that's automatic two, three fouls a game right there. Now. And stuff you got to factor in. That's just how I would look at it. But, like, it, it's a very valid point. Like, it's easier to build around Ben Simmons. But I think it's going to come playoff time. I feel like it's going to lead to easier. Like, a, like he'll get knocked out the first, second round. I think it's harder to build around Embiid because of just the type of – what it's easier, but it will be, like, more of a medium-hard difficulty to build around Embiid. But I think come playoff time, if Embiid is healthier – it could lead to a deeper playoff runs than a Ben Simmons led team because, oh. in terms of di- with a different but type of talent you can put we, around it, I don't NBA even think we team. have even seen that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even think we can even. And I'm not trying to get all the way negative, but I'm probably about to get all the way negative and to say is, why is we giving Joe and beat that clout? We've seen that he him can do that. Be consistently we, good. We, we have never seen him be consistently good. When he's on the court, we he's have been seen consistently him, good. We have seen him be oh, he, we have seen him be great. We have never seen him be. We are down 
two and three. I mean, we are down um, two games in this playoffs. We going. We, we they already took one game at home. They we already won a game. Now we still at their spot. We need a win. What did the Joel Embiid do last year that. against the Raptors? That went seven. So you they, you had those. Moments. I think that was also. I think that was also a lot of Ben Simmons play because Ben Simmons turned up for that playoffs. That was yeah. That was a good series, and but like the. It was like one or two games where they needed Embiid to show up, and he did. And then he had a decent game seven on top of it. It's just because the funny thing is, I don't think we'll be having this dialogue if Kawhi didn't make that shot. <laughs> no, we would not be having this. <laughs> It'd be a whole different dialogue if Kawhi didn't make the shot. If the ball just know. bounced out, it'd be a different dialogue. Yeah, they'd be champions right now. Probably. Oh, <laughs> I think they would have ran awards to the ground. If, yeah, we, if, you, if things bro, just played out the nigga, same, who the hell is guarding the hell? Who the fuck is guarding Ben Simmons? Yeah, and what's like, McCollum not coming back? Yeah, I'm sorry to say this. Uh, KD tear his ACL either way, <laughs> so ain't no that KD probably went number towards ACL. As much as it's hard for me to say this, folks tear his ACL either way. That's just how sad the game is, bro. Yeah. This is just the way the cookie crumbles, but. And Jimmy um, was still there. <laughs> Jimmy was still there. Oh, yeah. If Jimmy was still there, oh, yeah, they would have been champions. Like, I think that's who didn't really. So, was it Jimmy? Was it Jimmy's fault they didn't win against the Rockets? Who the fuck thought was it? Bro, it was just the fact the shot went in. Like, it was a very good series. Like, it was a very good series. It was a very good game seven. Like, you got to remember, Kawhi literally went around, like, all three of their ass to make that shot. Yeah. And, they, and literally, Ben Simmons was supposed to double, but he left Embiid to get the embarrassment. So, it's just one of those hey, man. situations. <laughs> hey, look. It be like that sometimes. <laughs> exactly. <bro. laughs> this is one of those rather unfortunate Shit, situations. Just, man, look, man. But yeah, uh, but, that's how I be. But, yeah, so let's go ahead and uh, get ready to move on to wrestling. Oh, yeah. Uh, while we was in the midst of recording, the uh, Rockets got gained by freaking Bojan Bogdanovic. I saw that. While, saw that. in the course of that, I thought that P.J. Tucker had his redeeming moment of like, yeah, I'm the greatest center uh, of all time. When I thought he gained them because me, I like seeing the Jazz fail. But Bojan said, no, we're going to prosper. Speaking of seeing the Jazz fail, have you been looking at the Rudy Gobert takes on Twitter lately, bro? Some of the funniest shit in the world, I, G. I'm, I haven't like, really paid attention. Joe, what, so it's just people putting highlights and that man getting dunked on, sauced up, just everything, bro. Mm. And they all ended with the same thing, him crying because he didn't make the All-Star game last year. <laughs> it's mostly, it's mostly what you call the fans, bro. Um, uh, uh, Phoenix fans, because we, we know what happened. Oh, Folks yeah. ain't make the All-Star game. But, um, yeah, Rudy Gobert is getting super slandered. Hey, man, be that way sometimes. Like, hey, uh, nigga crying over bull crap, and then you let P.J. Tucker out-rebound you a couple times in this game. You're seven foot four, my nigga. Why? Stop it. But let's go ahead and get to wrestling. Um, What can I say? Uh, This was a very interesting week in terms of wrestling. Major big thing happened. Uh. Major thing that happened, Goldberg versus The Fiend is happening at Super Showdown. Uh, let me play this real quick. See, when you do clownery, 
The clown comes back to bite. We don't want this. <laughs> Who's this we? You want I'm it? cool with it, man. I just, I just don't. I love the element of surprise because it it it, it puts two sides of WWE fans in there. Uh, there's a there's a big vocal group of Goldberg not being that hot ass, and then there's a big vocal like the people who don't believe Goldberg should be anywhere near that. Some people believe that star power trumps all in anything when it comes to wrestling, right? Which is really true. It's draw power, right? And yeah, also that Saudi bag is a different type of bag. Saudi bag is a different uh, type of bag, yeah. So when you look at it in, in, in them two ways, like of course. Let the man go. Like, what's the point? Like, I don't. I honestly don't think they want to do Roman versus Goldberg. Yeah. I honestly don't think they will build Bray Wyatt up to be this super dominant force just to lose to Goldberg. Agree with there you. also yeah. there also is a very fantastic chance that um, Goldberg walks out of there with that title. And I'm be. You don't understand the dialogue that I do not want to have. The anger. The fierce but, anger. But this is the thing. WWE is in this bag and what they what and what they do best. And that's getting how you feel about Goldberg out. Like it's getting how you now you have to watch the Saudi show. Yeah. Just so you can have a reason to be mad. You know, that that that's that's the beauty of it. No, it's just still gonna be sorry I'm eating a fruit true. But it's still gonna be hard to tell the truth. Yeah. Uh but yeah, it's just I just know this match is like Bray Wyatt is a at his very best is a okay performer. And I it's love Bray Wyatt, but I like the. It's not because of his wrestling, and even though he, I feel like Sister Abigail is one of the best finishing moves in the company. But I'm not even a stand for the Sister Abigail. I'm the stand for the rock bottom he does. That rock bottom is fire too. Yeah, bro, that giant hit. But I'm a stand for Bray Wyatt the character more than the uh, his move set, and uh, but. To do a match with Goldberg, it better be a hell of a sprint. And if, because that's the only way this match is going to be fired in any capacity. If it goes longer than 10 minutes, we may have a problem. Mm-hmm. If it goes longer than seven minutes, we may have a problem. I think we definitely seen a couple jackknifes. Um, couple jackknifes. Couple Sister Abigail's. I don't think Goldberg wins. I just don't see that. I bro. don't see it. it makes but like no I sense said earlier, there's a good it's chance. It's a good chance. It's season. You want to draw on Mania season. Plus, Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. That's a match. That is a match. A, it's probably a, a match show, that everybody match. wants to see. But that's a, a match. That's Goldberg is Brock Lesnar light at the moment. That's a match. Um... I just man, it's so. <laughs> when did she show down again? Like two weeks ago, two weeks away. 
Yeah, we also get Roman versus uh, me and Baron Corbin again for some panic freaking reason. Can we just let um, that die, please? <laughs> what you say? I just need that rivalry to die. Like somebody brought up a point uh, on wrestling Twitter that there used to be rivalries that used to last like dang near half a year. That was a different time. That's true. <laughs> Mike, I think Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho lasted. Yeah, for, they for lasted a while. Edge and Cena lasted forever too. Also, uh, Cena and um, CM Punk. But yeah. I also don't care for Brock Lesnar. I mean, for that's like that's in a sense we care for that. Yeah. The feuds and they were just consistently entertaining. And yes, I like Baron Corbin. I love Roman. It's ran its course because it's like it's no extra dimensions being added to it. Like, like I w- I'm gonna use the Shawn Michaels Triple H rivalry leading up to uh, Chris Benoit winning the belt. I think they was literally going fought head to head at least since Survivor Series going to Mania. Each pay per view go- leading up to it, mm-hmm. I would at least say each of those matches were good, but. That's expected, but there was extra dynamics being added to the storyline each and every single time to make it at least like, okay, it's not just, well, we just don't like each other and we're former friends. It was extra dynamics being added to the storyline. To me, it's like this story, like you added the Usos, you brought Bobby Roode back and it's like, it's not adding an extra dimension. And then each time it ends with dog food to some capacity. Man, a dog food. That shit is disgusting. I didn't gag when I see stuff like that, bro. Yeah, I'm like... Just, how dog food smell? How You have dogs, so you know. Yeah. So. So, I'm, I just... I just needed to end. I just needed yeah. to end. Please make this the final time. Like, I understand you probably just need... Since they... A lot of superstars don't want to go to Super Showdown. So, you just had to add something to it. But please make this be the last time so we don't have to see it again. Please. Uh, then we also have uh, Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet. And Get something Brock Lesnar to do because that's how he act different. Exactly. He probably getting a million a show, my nigga. Exactly. Like, Brock Lesnar does not miss Saudi. He goes there regardless. That's what he does. He goes there to get his bag. And Brock Lesnar is... Uh, secure the bag, Hall of Fame, first ballot, my nigga. So <laughs> I do not get mad at my man's getting his bag. But um, I may be in the minority of this. I kind of want to see Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Now, yes, Ricochet and Brock Lesnar will have to be a solid match because Brock Lesnar just loves putting on matches with short guys. But I think it would have been something a little bit different just to see Brock versus Bobby Lashley. Because especially since Bobby Lash has been begging and fiending for this match since he returned to the company two years ago. I think that's the reason he returned to the company as for this match. Yeah, so I thought he, we was going to get that um, this past Raw. Um, especially since it looked like they put the storyline with him and Lana and Rusev is done now. Thank God. But um, or at least they separated him for a good minute, so shout out to them. Uh... But I just would have preferred that to be the match. 
then Ricochet, like, I understand you want to get Ricochet. Like, Ricochet's been the hardest working dude in the company since he moved up to Raw. So, I'm not necessarily mad at it. It's just... I don't know how you much want to see Ricochet and respect Ricochet. Around? Yeah, I just don't want to see Ricochet literally get thrown around at will, and I just don't know how much he actually respects Ricochet. Like, I'm the respect he has for Daniel Bryan, AJ, Finn... Did he fight Finn? No. Yeah. Okay. I think... Wait, no. I think he... I really don't recall. But some of the matches he had with other guys, shorter guys, you can see a genuine a genuine respect for. Even Roman as well. Seth as well. The, I don't think Ricochet is going to get that type of respect. Like, Ricochet puts on good matches, but he just don't come off as the let me help Brock Lesnar carry through a good match. I also, I also don't, I mean, I'll begin to think that's a myth. Like, I, 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 to an extent, I do believe that Brock puts on great matches with people he know that can put on great matches with. I do believe Brock do has a say in who he fights. But yeah. I also don't believe Brock is in a situation where, like, oh, I'm just going to suplex his ball here and do it and leave. I think everything is a story. Yeah. I think everything is to show dominance. Yeah, that's so the if Brock Lesnar do yes. beat this man two times with two suplexes and fair, I don't think it's to show oh Brock don't have no respect for him. I think it's just to show dominance. The only time that I think the Brock Lesnar dominance thing hurt was with Kofi. Um, hurt, yeah, Kofi and would you argue even Dean Ambrose? It wasn't Brock. It was Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose didn't want a final. Oh yeah, I didn't know that part. Oh, I probably don't recall Yeah, that that's notorious. Dean Ambrose did not want to go with him. Mm. I guess yes. he didn't want to lose to Brock. You know, he wanted some of that creative freedom with uh, AEW. But um, as as I look at this, I see this as a big opportunity for, for Ricochet. It gets his name out even freaking more. Yeah. Um... It has people to they look at him as a you can look at him as a star now. And now the fact that we got him competing for a title out the way, it's easy enough to say he could do it again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm cool with that, man. Yeah, like I'm like I said, I'm not necessarily mad at it. Like I'm cool with it. It could be a great match. It could be a show st- a showstopper for all we know, and. Like, Rick, Rick Shea's just getting the, well, you've been doing good, here's a title shot type thing. And we that happened a lot during, like, the early 2000s and stuff like that. Like, RVD was the workhorse, and occasionally he'll get his, like, hey, we're going to let you get a title shot here. We're not going to give you the belt, but here's a title shot because all your hard work. And then later down the line, we got you. So, that's kind of how was, look, That weight felt good because that ECW Cena joint, Oh yeah, bro. beautiful. Beautiful. That was a different type of crowd. Niggas was throwing yeah. his t shirt back. <laughs> gee, they did. Cena, Cena actually <laughs> worked <laughs> I need to rewatch that because gee, like I remember, I, I watched Cena's uh entrance that night and it was just hilarious. But I need to rewatch the whole entire match because that they the heat for Cena was different that night. Gee, it was that different. Was. So, but yeah, I, like Rick Shea down the line is going to get the belt. Uh, he still, to me, got ways to go in terms of gaining a personality. But, um, like, I'm not mad at it. And plus, 
in a way it was teased when Brock Lesnar uh, got that nigga up out of here like before the Rumble. But also seeing Brock Lesnar rush to the ring just to F5 that nigga immediately after match was priceless yeah. TV. And also shout out to Brock Lesnar being on every Raw uh, this year so far. So shout out to that new contract. But uh, we probably not going <laughs> to see him after Mania. So enjoy this. Um yeah, he lose the belt. I won't want to see him out the man either. She exactly. He ain't popping back um, up to like SummerSlam. <laughs> perfectly fine with that. Or the next shot they show out the man either. Oh yeah. Uh, exactly. But like, man, I'm, I'm cool, man. I just think that the only thing I'm scared about, bro, is uh, we know who it is. Uh, what's that nigga name? Goldberg versus Brady. Yeah, that's, that's the only, the only scary thing, we need thing to dog. About. That's the only. <laughs> that's the thing only really thing. But fearful of. that being scary gets me looking forward to it. Yeah. So that that's gonna be the one where Mug gonna sit there and like Mugs is either gonna be unhappy because the match was trash, or Mugs gonna be unhappy because Goldberg walked out in the match was trash with the belt. So it be that way sometimes. Uh. Also, uh, they Carmella beat uh, Naomi and Alexa Bliss uh, on SmackDown to be the women's number one contender for the belt for Super Showdown. I guess uh, people were upset because Naomi ate the pin. But if Super watched, Showdown, yeah, I think it's for Super Showdown. Yeah, uh, nigga, Super just, Showdown is in Saudi. Yeah. Lakers expected to have exploratory conversation with Deion Waiters in the near future. Man, if you're going to go meme, you might as well go full meme, dog. <laughs> Yo, the fact that you flushed the toilet after I said that, geez, golden. <laughs> I, I, I was muting my mic. But, uh, uh, just the toilet man, look, <laughs> you going to go meme, you go go full meme, dog. Ain't no ifs, ands, or buts, or coconuts. That's how it's gonna go. Uh, I'm cool with that. I thought they were gonna go for Deion Waiters anyway, but yeah, I, either it was either gonna be him or Tyler Johnson to me if they mm. got desperate. But because um, I feel like you gotta get something for the guard position. Um, but anyway, yep. but uh, people were upset because you know Naomi's hot. Naomi had her moment uh, in front of Bailey last, not this past Friday, but two Fridays ago on SmackDown and all of that. So like, if you watched the match, Bailey was heavily involved in the match. She was beating all three of the women's asses outside throwing at one point. So it it was going to lead. It was the finish itself was going to be a dirty finish anyway. And plus, Naomi technically was about to win. She just got freaking kicked, super kicked in the face. So it be that way sometimes. And plus, I don't think Naomi was going to Saudi anyway. So uh, she didn't want the blood money bag. Especially since uh, she's letting her hair be all natural, so that wasn't going to happen anyway. So, um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm like also, that. bro, you talking about yeah, hell, and I said that wasn't going to happen. Also, like, what's the what's the point? <laughs> what's the, the Lakers fans don't know how to act, bro. What's the what's the point of uh? <laughs> What's the point? I'm sorry. What's the point of uh you just starting the feud that fast? Like yeah, you like, gain nothing from it. 
yeah, like let it cook. Like you got plenty of time, like to set up for like after Super Showdown and all of that. Uh, like yeah, Naomi is one of the hottest women in, a, in on Raw between Raw and SmackDown. That's not a champion right now. Um, so let it let it marinate. Uh, you want to might want to see you can get Sasha Banks involved with the feud uh, going in as well. So it's like you like you let let it mellow a little bit more, let it marinate, and plus, regardless, I think it is probably gonna be Naomi Bailey at Mania. Probably, like I don't see them going Carmella. Like I think it was just a filler. So, and plus, Lacey Lacey Evans ran her course as well. So, so I'm not overall I'm not mad at it. Like I feel like the, it's it's to build storyline to build and also to make sure the crowd is truly for as Muggs is trying to make it out to be like like I feel like they're going to do like a Kofi burn with this so like we're going to let you guys wait it's going to happen but we want to make sure like we're doing it right so that's how I kind of view it yeah, so, yeah uh, anything else happened this week Oh yeah, uh, you want to talk about Cody Rhodes and his ten lashes? That was considered. Nope. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it needs to be talked about. All right, uh, it's, but... it's, it's honestly just me, you know. Yeah, y'all overrated that shit, G. Like some niggas what? talking about that was emotional. I'm like, I need this. I need AEW to be in for like two years, so we don't have to. Everything that they do that's either good or okay. Don't have to be put at a, a spectrum of greatness because it's just not WWE. Yeah, I'm like real serious with that. Yeah, I agree. And uh, mugs need to chill. Also, uh, we just saw uh, Daniel Bryan literally get freaking whipped fourteen thousand times more with a thicker belt. So, um, yeah, y'all need to relax. But uh, anything else wrestling wise that we probably missed this week? Um, I like Randy Orton's uh opening promo on Raw where uh he just popped up and the crowd was just booing him and he just said all right and just walked out. I like I, I like that too. Um, yeah. I'm uh, uh, I like that too. I do too. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Charlotte popped up on uh NXT. Uh, also, Velveteen Dream came back, man. Shout out to the GOAT coming back, man. Yeah. So, uh, that was that was a good way to come back. Uh, and also having on his tights, uh, Roger Strong's family on there. Like, like for one, uh, Roger Strong, as married man to married man, you need to probably shoot that nigga. <laughs> but I wouldn't want you to call him a nigga as you shoot him. But he deserves a bullet. So, I'm just letting that be known. But, um... Okay. I'm just saying, like, you might got to get shot, G. That's that's lines to get shot. Um, that's just me. But anyway, uh, but yeah, glad to see Velveteen come back. Uh, they're definitely teasing the hell out the Charlotte may compete against Rhea Ripley for her belt. Uh, I like how uh Bianca Belair is keeping herself part of the. They added keeping Bianca Belair fresh in the storyline as well. Like, uh, don't play me. Uh, y'all know better than that. And mm-hmm. also, you know, they changed Buddy Murphy's name to just Murphy as of right now on the website. I'm not one of those people who cares about stuff like that. Me neither. Because uh, <laughs> he'll be Buddy Murphy 
before Mania again, so y'all I can think, just relax. I honestly don't think like that matters. Uh, certain names, like if you just like, I'm pretty sure John Cena literally went to Cena at one point. Um, Dave, no, let me quit. Um, like, uh, it's just the way it is. Like, uh, who cares? It's a name. Buddy Murphy is on TV. Let's rejoice on that. Exactly. There was a time when he wasn't. Yeah, he was on one of the biggest heel feud. I mean, heel factions in the company right now. So the biggest. Exactly. So respect it. Put respect on what his name and like. For all we know, the buddy they still gonna call him Buddy Buddy on commentary. So chill. Uh, Exactly. So yeah. So just stop overthinking it. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, John Jones, let's talk about the John Jones fight, uh, before we finish the episode, uh, your thoughts? Uh, I thought it was a good fight, um, that event, UFC 47, 247, 247 yeah. or 6, one of the two, it was a good event, all in all, I am happy with some of the, situ- uh, this, you know, fights and stuff like that, shout out to Derek Lewis, Funniest guy in the company. Um, uh, that's it. <laughs> that's really it. Um, for me, the John Jones fight. I think DC said it best on Twitter. I'm trying to look for his tweet right now. Um, he said it best. And this coming from a rival of DC. I mean, of John Jones. This coming from a rival of John Jones. Um, uh, no robbery. Close fight. Could have gone either way. 3-1, 2-2. Going into the fifth, I thought 3-2 Reyes. But the fight was close. It could have gone either way. Like, that, that's coming from a person who fight. Like um, that 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 actually knows the sport. I'm not gonna say I know the sport. <laughs> I'm not gonna say I know everything about it. Uh, but uh uh, uh whew, excuse me, I'm getting tired. But I'm I'm I understand that when you're a champion, you just don't go out there and try to please the crowd. Like, nobody, Judge Chapiel wasn't a goddamn crowd pleaser. Nope. Now, just like John Jones, he did some crowd pleaser thing. But, um, like, in terms of, um, in terms of, uh, like, him being a champion and him, like, in that, in that match in general, Reyes was packing him up the first two and a half rounds. Definitely was. And... But the thing about the thing about that is that and UFC and Miss Martial Arts, that's five. They got these two things called the championship rounds that that's more than the other two rounds. And John Jones dismantled that man in those two rounds. That's what happens. This is how it's gonna go. If you think Reyes won, that's cool. It's gonna be a John Jones Reyes too, and John Jones will most likely win that because John Jones do better in sequel fights because he know who he's fighting. Um, I think, I think his name is like Andre Hollis or something like that. I don't know his name uh, on Twitter, 
But um, he also said that these talents are catching up to John. Every person who do his fight, who fights John, especially between the last two, which was um, um, Santos and now Reyes, they bringing it to John. Yeah. And John's going to have to find a way to, you know, not get clapped up. Uh, oh, yeah. John Jones still a champ, and that belt is going to stay in the house wasted. He probably retired. Um, but the heavyweight division is looking really, really good. Uh, do I still see domination in John Jones' future? Of course, the man is really young. I think he's in his, his low 30s, his early 30s. So it's not that bad. And did I watch the fight? Yes. Was it very, very hard for me to watch the fight? Yes, that's why I didn't give you a link, Chris, because it was so hard to watch that fight. Um, but it was um, it was good. Uh, shout out to that spinning hell kick that Red hit with John. I didn't never think yeah, I'd that see was, that. That was fine. But, like, when I finally saw the fight, it was, I was like, damn. Well, yeah, John Jones controlled it. Then they started fighting for points, and John Jones started getting them points in the mother rounds. It just, I, think, I honestly think that John Jones is not taking – the competition as seriously because he is the GOAT. I don't think that's the case because he's going to get somebody like, he's going to get Santos to Tiago Santos against Tiago Santos is going to win if he fight like that and not tear his MCL, ACL, and I think yeah. the other one was like an LCL or TCL or something like that, but he tore all three. So, um, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Like I said, from my experience watching it, uh, I saw it later than most people, uh, so I kind of had the critics already in my uh on my mind but uh i try to block it out as i'm watching it but uh yeah reyes definitely had good control of the match for majority like the first two rounds third round was definitely iffy but i could tell that's when john jones definitely started figuring him out around third round and like you mentioned and i always agree when it comes to ufc fights is it and like you say it, and then like a lot of times, I always hear it, heard this previously is like, if if you're going to now even in boxing, it goes into boxing as well. If you're going to beat the champ, you can't just outwork him a couple few rounds. You gotta gotta make it obviously like I beat the champ without a knockout. And the only way Reyes was legit going to win that fight, especially when it got super contested. When uh, John Jones started figuring them out and started getting a lot more aggressive and doing the John Jones thing that we all know and love him for, you was going to have to knock him out. Especially in those later rounds, but he was huffing and puffing where it was like, he can't do it. And it just shows, like, for one, John Jones trains differently than a lot of these people because he's training to last and endurance and all of that, then get you later on, then just like outright, I'm about to outwork you. And I'm gonna beat the hell out of you. Like, yeah, you gotta knock, you gotta knock him the hell out. Yeah, you gotta knock him out. You like, gotta especially finish in him. UFC. Like you, you have to make it seem like I beat this guy. Yeah, cause he's gonna, he's gonna have the champion's advantage. He's gonna win, bro. Yep. It's just the way you have to knock him the fuck out, and that's when I think Israel has a chance because the way Israel striking is. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just Israel. And if he moves to heavyweight, he goes against somebody like Francis Nugano and Nugano catch him and send his fucking noggin to <laughs> CT records like everybody else he did. <laughs> but that's it. 
gonna knock the I don't see nobody uh, cocaine else. residue out of his nose. Gee, what you mean? No, dang it. Look, it's gonna be something different. Definitely different. But yeah, um, that's my thoughts on it. Uh, probably gonna be a rematch, but I think yeah. at this point, I feel like Jones should just consider moving up to heavyweight or just do dream matches. At this point, I don't think he. I don't think he fights Stipe. I, don't no, know. I think no. Stipe wins that. He might freaking Stipe might. I work that man. Yeah, I think Stipe wins that, especially the way he dominated Cormier. Jones, Jones ain't well. Jones not Cormier out. But, you know, that was cocaine in that foot, so that's kind of different. Hardball box, so it's going to be kind of hard to sell that rematch again. It's kind of like Shell versus Anderson, but yeah. it's different in the UFC. I think Kamaru and Masvidal is the fight. UFC better pray Masvidal wins because if Masvidal wins, then any fight is a good fight. Um, but I think Kobe Covington goes against Tyron Woodley after Tyron Woodley fights Leon Edwards, I believe. So, yeah, all right, well, that's something to look for. 